Good morning. All right, so we are ready for the brand new year, ready for what God's going to bring. Uh, you, uh, you know, if you're, if you're not feeling too great, you know, just right now, just put your hand on that part of your body if you can, if it's reasonable to do so. Because just as the word gets ministered this morning, you need to receive healing. So, Father, I just thank you. As your word goes out, I thank you you're going to confirm it with signs and wonders, with healings right now. Touching bodies, touching minds. And, Father, we just want to uh, set our hearts before you. Open, unpack our hearts before you, Lord. Allow you to bring your word into our hearts. Because we thank you, Father, because your word comes healing. You sent forth your word and healed us. And we receive that today. You sent forth your word and brought us peace. You sent forth your word who became a man who lived and dwelt among us to show us how to live right. And I thank you, Jesus, that you sent your word again. Uh, the word made known to our hearts and the minds by the power of your spirit so that we might understand all that you were leading us into. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so ready for a brand new year. We're ready for the exciting things that God's got ahead of us. And... Uh, one of the uh, booklets that you have uh, been given this morning is a booklet on prayer, because we are calling the church to a three-week of prayer. Three weeks of prayer with fasting. How exciting! Starting from a week tomorrow. So you've got time to get over all the Christmas puddings and stuff that's left over. And if you're anything like us, we haven't been able to get through all of it. And... Uh, but also a chance to recover and kind of get the diet going. You know, it's kind of I feel like we've overeaten a little bit. And then we didn't want to go from that straight into uh, a time of uh, fasting uh, without some time of adjustment. We've been kind. <laughs> we've been kind. No, but we really felt that God was uh, calling us to lay before the church at the start of this year that we should actually begin with fasting. So this is what we call it is fasting is God's power plan. So this morning, we're just going to look at some of the scriptures that relate to this so that we get our faith going. Because uh, a lot of wrong thinking is around about fasting. Okay? A lot of people do it in all kinds of religions. You see, it's something that's instituted by God right from the start. And therefore, it gets used and abused by every other religious group as how you approach God. It's so fundamental and such a critical part of our Christian walk that the enemy has distorted, twisted, and manipulated it. And so we want to make sure that we are getting our hearts uh, right about why we do it. Okay? So I just want you to turn in your Bibles with me. Isaiah. This is a, a well-known passage to some people, but maybe it's the first time you'll have read it. Isaiah 58. And it's a passage uh, that in some Bibles is, is titled, True Fasting. So we're just going to quickly uh, look at this. Shout aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their rebellion, and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions, they seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you've not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? Interesting question, eh? That we, we in the middle of things that we do, that are the right things, we are even questioning why we're doing it. Why do I tithe? Why am I fasting? Why am I bothering praying? Why am I coming to church? Why am I doing stuff? And very often the issue is actually about our own hearts, because this is what it says here. It says, but on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. Oh, okay. So the fasting isn't about what you please. You exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Wow. These are strong words, aren't they? 
Strong words to a nation that prided itself on its religiosity and doing the right things at the right times in the right way. You see, that, that's what Israel's issue was. They were doing the right things at the right times, but the problem was the heart. The problem with many Christians is we don't bother doing the right things and we don't bother being in the right places because we think if our heart's right, that's all that matters. And when God is clearly saying it's about doing the right things with the right heart. And so as we are just getting into this today, I want us to really just allow God to speak to our hearts. If you've not fasted before, you're going to have an amazing time. If you have fasted before, something different's going to happen. How exciting. You see, I love it when God takes things that are old, he makes them brand new. It's not just that he goes, you know, you've learned this before. I want you to make sure you're doing it because you're such a dreadful person. You really aren't going to remind you, shake you, wake you up. No, he doesn't say things like that. He's a father who gets excited and goes, do you know what? You, you've got so much more I want you to learn about this. And do you know what? It's going to be fun when we do it. So fasting is fun. Right. Right. Mm. Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice. Untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe him and not turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. That's amazing. So, you know what? What is... Fasting. Well, there's a couple of things it's not. It's not a diet. One thing about a diet, a diet will change you the way you look. But a fast will change the way you live. Yeah? And so we want to be those. I don't want to just change how I look. I want to change how I'm living. I want to, I want to see more of something. What? More of God. I want to see more of the reality of God in my life. So what it is not, it's not just for Lent or some special season or some time in the calendar of the year of the church. And it's not for the pastors, it's not just for the people who are kind of the so-called spiritual elite. You know, there's some people that they always talk about fasting and it's almost like, you know, oh, don't question them because they're so holy, they're so amazing, they're so, you know, they fast. Ooh, it's like, watch the halo glow, if only. <laughs> but it's also, it's also not a duty. Fasting is not a duty. It's not just something you do because you must. There's something of life. Everything that Jesus did was full of life. And in Matthew 6, Jesus, uh, Jesus says some amazing uh, things. He talks about when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Jesus was very, very clear. There was an expectation going forward. He's instructing his disciples. And he says, when you fast, this is the way you're to go about it. And he tells them some details. He says, when you give, this is how you're to do it. When you pray, this is how to do it. In other words, he was adjusting their mindsets, not correcting whether they did it. Some people think, I don't have to tithe. We're in the new covenant. It's my choice. But God's word hasn't changed. If God's word ever changed, then we're in trouble. So tithing was set into place. Prayer, well, why would you pray but not tithe? <laughs> Why would you pray if you don't expect an answer? The reality is we expect an answer, but the problem is some people, the way they pray is all about everybody else rather than the one they're praying to. 
So the, it's a show rather than a personal prayer life. And that's what Jesus talks about in Matthew 6. He talks about giving. How do you give? Do you give so that everybody knows, hey, look how amazing this person is. They've given. Look how amazing this person is. They pray long, winded prayers that no one else has room to pray because they've filled the space. Or do you give when no one else knows that you're giving? Do you pray and intercede because you've just got such a heart? You want to see God move in people's lives. And do you fast so that people see your fasting, or do you fast so that God does something in your life and in others? Mm. You see, that's, that's the challenge that Jesus brought in Matthew 6. As you read through that whole chapter, I'm not reading through it because it would take us too long, but let's just get into some different things. Okay, so why do we fast? Well, it says it's about us changing. In other words, what it says here in Isaiah, it says, on the day of fasting, you do as you please. In other words, you cannot do as you please when you fast. So the thing about fasting is there's a change of behavior that has to happen. The way we've been living, whether that's been the patterns of uh, food at this time in the morning, uh, lunchtime and the evening, we tend to set our day by our work and our mealtimes. Whereas God is saying, when you fast, you set the day according to your prayer time. So you're pulling back from a normal pattern and you're setting a different pattern. Instead of, when's the next meal? I'm feeling a bit hungry. You're going, when's the next time I can be with God? Mm. We look forward to food. You know, when you're, someone's cooking food, like Claire's been cooking over, over, over Christmas, over the new year, and we a leg of lamb. Oh, the aroma filled the house. Your prayer fills the house of God with such a same aroma. So how excited do we feel about food, the smell of food? We're getting ready, and God goes, oh, I'm getting ready. Oh, they're getting ready for prayer. Oh, how exciting. God is excited to meet with us in times of prayer. So we set the day according to when we're going to pray, not how we're going to work or how we're going to eat. It brings a change of pattern. We're not doing as we want. We're doing as he wants. That's exciting. You see, when we do things as he wants, we hear God better. It says, when you call, verse 9, the Lord will answer. Wow. There's going to be a greater clarity. But also, there's going to be what God speaks about, consecration. Consecration is the setting aside, the, the putting to the side so that it's ready for use. You know, we, we, we have a dish that uh, when I'm, I'm carving the meat, it has, it's designed, it's got some prongs. Uh, and, and it holds the meat in place so I can carve it. Because you all know that the best meal is the carving that makes the difference with, with the lamb. And the, it's not the cooking. <laughs> it's how it's carved. That's <laughs> all right. But we know. You see, that, that plate, it, it's set for a purpose. It, you know, you, you wouldn't try and serve your meal on it. Because, you know, it'd be a bit harder to cut it on. Because, you know, you're trying to cut the, uh, to, to eat and it's going to get catching on, on the prongs. But for carving, it's brilliant. It's perfectly designed. And, and, and the meat juices just fall off into the side so you can collect it. And it's part of the gravy. And, the, and it just, it's amazing. It's designed for purpose. That's what consecration means. It's set aside for special purpose. So fasting sets us aside for special purpose. But that's what we're designed for, isn't it? You wouldn't use a knife to change a plug, especially a sharp knife. You're likely to cut your fingers, and it's likely to break the knife as you try and turn that screw. 
You don't, you only use it for the wrong purposes. So as we, as we just think about it, so there's, there's some, uh, some basic rules for fasting. One, we change our behavior. Well, I've already talked about that, so I'm not gonna go into that very much. But secondly, it says here, it says, isn't it not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice? Who are we doing things for? Is fasting for us or is it for others? Fasting is actually about the Lord first. If we walk in the light, this is what 1 John 1 says, if we walk in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. It's talking about an upward relationship and a sideways relationship. So it's us and the Lord, but us and the Lord has to be equal to us and other people. You cannot be a Christian and have an isolated relationship with the Lord. Because God always works that relationship with him out through people or with people. Because it forces you to go back to God again and again for the love, the special needs, the, the, the problems, the, the thanksgiving that you've got for how things are going with that person. It throws you back on the Lord. And how you are with the Lord always changes your heart towards people because his heart is for people. So what we see is all the time God is working out through us something that he works in us. Yeah? So we, we see also that it is about no fuss outwardly. In, in Matthew, you know, uh, Matthew 6, it says, When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, as they disfigure their faces to show men their fasting. I tell you the truth, when, you've when they've received their reward in full, sorry, they have received their reward in full, but when you fast, put oil on your head, a bit of hair gel in, have a good shave, put on deodorant and, and aftershave, dress well, so that your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. He said, not about you and me, but I want spiritual, I want real rewards. I don't want men to think how amazing I am. I want God to think how amazing I am. Or more to the point, how amazing what he's able to do with me is. Because actually that's what I'm looking for. God, would you please do something through me that's beyond my abilities in other people's lives? I can't change the world, but you can through me. Wow. A lot of people want to do stuff for God. And if they try to do it, they will fail. And God says he will do the work through us. And fasting is about the change of that perspective. So we, we do it for others. But it breaks. There's a purpose to it. There's some rules, but there's a purpose. It's for breaking injustice. Fasting brings a change of the status quo around us. It brings a transformation in society's thinking and the spiritual dynamics of society around us. That's good news for the politicians, isn't it? That actually we can see a change. It's not just human effort, but there is a spiritual dynamic that means when we fast, the politicians can see something change in our nation because they need to change too. We don't go preaching at them, we talk to them, we share life with them, but they also see something more. They see that it is about the resetting of agendas. You see, it says that it's the kind of fasting is to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. The yoke is, is, a, is a, a term for control. When you control someone, you put a yoke on them. A, a, a yoke, you, you team oxen together so that they can do the right things the way you want them to. But when, they're in, when, when the yoke is on the oxen, they actually can't move in the ways they want to move. They have to stay in step. So when we break the yoke, it's actually how um, prisoners uh, are lined up in historic ways. They, they weren't just chains around their ankles because then you couldn't move them quickly. You, you would, you would uh, have yokes on them. And so Jesus, when he was being uh, crucified, he carried the cross part of the, the, the cross beam of, his, of the cross, at least that bit. We know that he actually physically carried that because others had to help him. That's what he took. He took the load. He took the weight, the oppression on his back of everything that weighed us down. 
Well, when we're fasting, we take that load off of others through fasting, through prayer. Oh, okay, okay. Well, it says, it says it, we care for the needy. Because fasting is not just about us abstaining from food, but it is actually about sharing of food and clothing of the naked. It's about caring for people. So fasting produces a softness of our hearts towards people. When you're fasting, you have a different heart towards people who are in need. Because you yourself are in need physically. You feel the need when you don't normally. You've got food in your cupboard, but your body is going, but why can't I have it? Well, other people are going, there's food in the shops, why can't I have it? There's jobs out there, why can't I have it? It's, it's the same thing, but it's just it's at a distance. So we begin to identify with those who have not. Okay? It, it, it may be subtle, but actually, it's actually very profound. That's why God's designed and called the church, the, the whole of Judaism, there was patterns, there was a day of fasting, was a regular pattern in the, Jew, in, in the Jewish world. We read that, if you want to know about it, it, it says uh, uh, in... Jeremiah 36, verse 6, talks about reading the word, and if you read the dot, 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 on the day of fasting, on the set day of fasting. So there were set feasts, and there were set fasts, times to celebrate God's amazing provision, and times to actually fast and actually lay hold of new things. So Jeremiah 36, verse 6. But Daniel, we read about, he's in Daniel 9, he set himself to discover new things from God through prayer and fasting. In other words, he set his time aside. Because fasting itself is, it's not the fasting, it's not the doom without food that gets the breakthrough. It's the time with God that gets the breakthrough. Fasting is a denial of yourself in order that God might have time to actually speak to you. Whereas in our busy day, we often will give him half an hour in the morning, we'll read the word. But actually we read the word without listening to what he's actually saying. Whereas when we fast, we then give additional time whether it's the half hour for breakfast or the half hour for lunch or the hour for the evening meal, that's just those, that's, that's two hours extra a day of just spending time listening to God. And yet you've not added anything into the day. But you've given that time to God. It just, it's just setting aside so that God is able to bring something fresh, new, of understanding of the word. And as it says, it, it breaks injustice, but it also, it repairs families. So there's strife in families. There's, there's people beating one another up, you know, brothers and sisters. Well, Parents, if you want to see some peace in your household, do a little bit of fasting and break some of this stuff, spiritual stuff, in, in, the, in the home, where there's hatred or con conflict. There's, there's something to be denied, okay? I'm going to be really blunt here. I really personally believe that uh, demand feeding in babies, let me just go out and speak this prophetically and uh, spiritually, is absolutely, totally wrong, because right from the start, you're teaching a child, you control me, not feeding on a regular pattern. There you go. See, we, we teach things that in the world that actually goes contrary to actually learning. There's times to eat, there's times not to eat. There's times to sleep, not to sleep. Teenagers need to be woken up <laughs> and kept in a right pattern. We don't have a problem, but we understand they want to sleep more. <laughs> but you see, what we actually allow is a wrong pattern of behavior, isn't it? I'm not talking about starving children and not looking after a baby right. But you see, there's, there's patterns to establish into situations that actually you either feed the selfishness, the wrong spirit, the flesh, or you actually train the child that there's good times to eat. And when that food is going to be ready, it's going to be ready. There's, a, there's, a, there's something of a balance to get here. Something, you go too far off in the, in the ditch one side when you just feed the baby anytime it wants, and the other time is everything's total control. Yeah? In the middle, there's something that's right. Yeah? With teenagers, if you let them sleep every hour going, they're not actually going to be full of energy and full of life. But nor if you just drive them every second of the day, are they going to actually respond very well. 
But you see, in our training, God says that he disciplines us like children. Fasting is part of God's discipline for us. It says that they're gods of their stomachs. And sometimes I wonder whether I've got a wrong God. No. So this year, I'm going to get in control of my weight. Claire and I, we've determined. We're gonna, we've done this in the past and we've let it go. You see, the thing about discipline, you have to keep discipline in place, don't you? Spiritual discipline's the same. We've not let go of spiritual disciplines, but we've not maintained physical disciplines. But physical disciplines undermine your spiritual disciplines, or lack of spiritual disciplines. Lack of physical disciplines undermines your spiritual disciplines, and lack of spiritual disciplines will undermine your physical disciplines. So, as we're just kind of coming to this, I just, let me just throw some scriptures, write down these scriptures. Psalm 35, 13 says, I humbled my soul with fasting. Fasting humbles our spirit. Jeremiah 36, verse 6, talks about reading the word with fasting or on the day of fasting. Daniel 9, verse 3, set myself to seek God by prayer, fasting, and he was putting on sackcloth and all kinds of other stuff. And Joel 2, 12, says, turn to the Lord with your whole heart with fasting, weeping, and mourning. In other words, repentance. So fasting and repentance go together. There's fasting. When we're praying and we're fasting, it should be that we actually look at our lives and go, Father, are there things that grieve you? Are there things that actually don't please you? Are there things where I'm not in faith about? It's, it's not just what am I doing wrong, but are there things that I'm not entering into? Are there things that I've let slide that you've shown me that I'm not using to the fullness? Mark 9 29, Jesus was talking about uh, fasting and about demons. It says, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. And many people have used that wrong, thinking that fasting is about getting rid of demons. The fasting gets you close to the Lord. Being close to the Lord allows fresh revelation, which means you carry greater anointing, greater authority, which means demons get dealt with easier. It's not the fasting that gets rid of the demon. The fasting draws you close to the Lord and allows you to walk in a new level, which means you deal with demons quicker. Okay, I'd like to go to a whole part of the other stuff, but uh, let me just put that there. Uh, Jesus, time of prayer and fasting, led him from being full of the Holy Spirit to being able to walk in the power of the Spirit. We're talking about the Son of God here. Okay, so something shifted in his life from being full of the Spirit to full of the power or walking in the power of the Spirit. Uh, He also, from that, he chose all the disciples. And when Paul and Barnabas and all the leaders at Antioch were praying and fasting... God said, set aside for me, Paul and Barnabas, for the task I called them to, Acts 13. So the church, the early church, make no mistakes about this, it was normal to pray and fast. It was a regular pattern of of, uh, the lifestyle of the church. It didn't need to be stated because it was already there. We don't see much talk about tithing in the New Testament because it was already established. And Jesus corrected what needed to be adjusted. So as we understand this, what we see is uh, Acts 14, verse 23, again, when they were deciding on the elders, there was praying and fasting. They did these things as a normal thing at times of decisions. The fasting, let me just remind you again, the fasting wasn't for some power. The fasting was for the clarity of hearing. Yeah? But it leads to power because you walk in a new level of understanding. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5, talks about husband and wife not withholding sex from one another except for a time of prayer and fasting. In other words, expectation is that husband and wife will pray and fast together, not just when the church tells them to, but that it should be normal in a household for there to be prayer and fasting, but not for extended crazy long periods that affects the rest of your life in a wrong way. It's about balance. Brother Hagen has a great little book, okay? Now some people, if you read this, you'll get some feeling that he is saying don't fast. He talks really clearly in here about how often he fasted. He's trying to correct some wrong teaching 
And he talks about a fasted lifestyle, but he still does fast. He doesn't do 40-day fasts, but he fasts on a regular basis, a fasted lifestyle, all kinds of stuff. So I'm just going to point that out because some people don't want to hear this challenge. Brother Hagen fasted, quite clear. Jesus fasted. Paul fasted. How about us? It's that simple. Uh, God wants to take us in this new season, and uh, this prayer booklet we've got actually is more, these three weeks are about prayer than they are about fasting. Fasting will be a part of these three weeks. We're not saying we want a three-week fast, okay? We want three weeks of prayer with fasting. Now, if you want to fast for all three weeks, you need to talk to your life group leader, and we, and we need to know, because uh, they're, they're, it, fasting is about going without food. It's going without something. Usually food, it refers to food. Uh, Daniel did a fruit and veg only fast, as we read. Okay, so there's a Daniel fast, and there's details that we can give you. Because some people, if you're diabetic, that's not appropriate. Yeah, you, you will cause yourself problem if you go, unless the God shows you specifically how to do it, you're going to cause yourself problems. Okay, fasting will never hurt you, it will affect you. Okay, there's a difference between those two. God never harms us, he does affect us. Okay, so as we look and understand fasting, we see that uh, the fasting produces tremendous growth. It's new revelation, it's quick healing, it's righteousness. All the things it says in here is about answered prayer. It's about having God's glory revealed through you. Wow, his glory will rise upon you. It'll be your rear guard. That's what it says here in these promises. So whether it's a day, a meal, three days or a longer period that you actually physically fast for. I'm trying to remember all the different things I put here. Oh, it transforms cities, affects cities. It says you will then, when you do these things, you'll be called repair of broken walls, restore of streets with dwellings. Wow. So, whether it's a meal, a day, three days, whether it's food, media, hobbies, I want to challenge you to actually begin a food fast, even if you do some of the other things this kind of period. And uh, Pastor Clay is just going to talk to us about the prayer, because we need to respond to God, and this is how we're going to respond to God. I forgot I'd need a mic. Okay, so you'll have been given one of these um, booklets as you came through the door. And rather than uh, make our own booklet up, we thought this one was very good. Because this year, we want to focus on the areas in which we live. Um, places where we work, maybe you're at college or at university. Um, but actually, how well do you know your neighborhood? If you were to put a pin at your address and to draw a half mile radius around where you live, how well do you know your area? Can you name the schools in your area? Can you name um, the local councillor of your area? Are there any swimming clubs that happen in your area? Um, what else is there? There's loads of different things. Do you know what other churches are in that area? Maybe you go into a regular local shop. Do you know the name of the person who serves you in that shop? What this three weeks is designed to do is to help you start seeing your area. You know, as Pastor Allen's been preaching, he said a couple of things that I've written down. He said, it brings a change to the status quo around us. So as you pray and as you take some time to fast, expect some change in the areas around you where you live. Also said, he also said it produces a softening of our hearts to others. You know, when we fast, we begin to see people in a different light. Have you ever fasted for your neighbours? You know, we talk about praying for our neighbours a lot, but have we ever actually taken time, a day aside, to fast and pray for our neighbours? It'll be interesting to see what change happens if we will do that. 
And this year, as part of this year's uh, vision, as, 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 we talk, as we talk through the year, we want us as a church to be looking a bit more outward, looking at our areas, owning the land where God has placed us. And so we're starting with this. Now, if you look, it is, it's, it's designed by Tier Fund. There's some statistics in there. But if you go to the, the days, there are spaces for you to write names in. So do you know the name of your local policeman? Maybe you see him or her riding their bike or walking. Or we used to see them on horses when we used to live in Chilton, because um, that's where the, the stables are down in that area for all the mounted uh, police. Do you know their name? Because it makes a huge difference when you can pray for a person particularly. And for you to go up to them and say, what can I pray for you? We're praying this three weeks. What can we pray for you? So I just want to, it's, it's a bit of a challenge really, is to take this week really is a week of preparation leading up to the prayer. To take each of the days. So like today is easy, it's Sunday. So who are your leaders? Who are you going to pray for? Who are your leaders? You know, you might have to adapt it slightly for our church because we don't have a PCC. Um, but who leads the worship team? If you don't know their name, go and ask them. Um, who leads the children's group that your children are in? What else? It talks about the community. So take some time today to sit down. Can you fill all those spaces in? Maybe you can't. Maybe there's one that stands out that you want to go and find out. Actually, is there something I need to be praying for or someone? So then tomorrow, it's about work. So look ahead, go into work. You know, do you know, maybe you work for a really large company. Do you actually know the name of the director or the CEO? Do you know who he is or she is? Why do I keep saying he? I don't know. Um, what about the person who always, who's worked in the finance office? Do you know who they are? I'm not going to go through it all, but you can see it's getting you to actually put a face to these different uh, titles. And it goes through government and economy on Tuesday. Social justice, that's police and citizen advice centres, neighbourhood watch. Thursday, arts, culture and media. Well, if you live in Salford, that's a big one for us because we're right on the doorstep of Media City. Friday is your family, neighbours and environment. And Saturday is health, education and sport. There was just things that stood out to me. You know, how often do we pray for councillors in our area who are counselling people? You know, how often do we pray for slimming and diet clubs? You know, that's a very interesting one. Do we actually pray? Because it's on our territory. So I just want to encourage you as families, as households, to use this as a week of preparation. And each day, look at it, put a pin. First of all, start with a pin where you live and draw a half mile radius. And what's in that area? Maybe you live in a very, very um, uh, busy area because we live in a city. And maybe a quarter of a mile is, is more realistic for you. But don't do a mile. You know, stick with half mile. What's in that area? It's a good way for us to get to know. You can do it as a family, but please don't just send your children out. Don't just go, oh, great, I've got two teenagers. Right, out you go, guys. Go and discover this for us while we sit on the sofa and we just watch our program. Go and do it as a whole family. This is a great time to be family and to do something together. You know, your kids will really enjoy doing it. Um, so just want to remind you, you know, Alan said, didn't he? He said about right at the end, he went very quickly, but we want to see a changed city. This is one of the ways that we see a changed city. When righteous people pray for their city, God blesses their city. Yeah. So as we pray for our city, we're believing God is going to bless our city. Whether we're Manchester, Salford, Bolton, Liverpool, wherever it is that we come from, we're believing that God is going to bless us. And just to remind you, if you um, are wanting to do the whole three weeks as a fast, please make yourself accountable to a life group leader um, or to um, a pastor, somebody here in church, so that we're aware that you've decided to do a whole fast, which means water only for the three weeks.